What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine, and I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. As a reminder, you can follow me on Twitter at WPDavidV. You can subscribe to Press This on Red Circle, iTunes, Spotify, or download the latest episodes at WMR.FM. In this episode, we're going to be talking about something that's always been a curiosity of mine and something I've been able to support here and there over the years, but that is paid subscription strategies for media sites, particularly traditional media sites like newspapers and magazines. And joining us for that conversation, I'd like to welcome to Press This of Endo Creative, Mr. Jeremy Green. Jeremy, welcome. Hi, thanks for having me. Really glad to have you here. And for those listening, what Jeremy's going to talk about are his thoughts on why WordPress is a great choice for content publishers seeking to monetize with digital subscriptions, his favorite techniques for subscriptions with media sites um, that, he, that Indo Creative supports, and what he's planning next or planning to test next when optimizing for paid subscriptions. So I think it's a really cool topic to focus on this episode. And really glad to have you here, Jeremy. Yeah, it's good to be here. Excellent. Well, let me ask you the first question I ask every guest. Could you briefly tell me your WordPress origin story? When was the first time you used WordPress? Yeah, so I started using WordPress about uh, 12 years ago. I got started writing kind of a personal blog. Um, and then uh, about 11 years ago, decided to start uh, kind of becoming a freelance web designer, web developer. Um, and was in Seattle at the time and went to the Seattle WordPress meetup, met some great people and kind of got hooked from there. I've been doing it ever since. So was the Seattle meetup your first exposure to it or did you say you had exposure mm -hmm. prior to that? Um, I mean, I knew what WordPress was just from, uh, you know, personal blogging and such. Um, but as far as the community goes, the Seattle WordPress meetup was my first exposure to anyone else who used WordPress. 
Yeah, I had a similar experience at the work camp Austin. I was like, whoa, there's like a thing here. <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. more than just software. Uh, 2000, 12 years ago would be 2010. So this would have been mm-hmm. right around the time of custom post types then in WordPress. Did that, I don't know, did that hit you or did you realize that was a thing when you first started? Or I guess you probably started and just thought it was maybe always a thing. I don't know. What did you think at the time? Yeah, so it was always by the time I'd gotten into it, that was uh, that was already a part of uh, course. So uh, I didn't, I wasn't around before that. You know, when it was just posts and pages. So it's kind of like people getting started now, and they're like, "What do you mean Gutenberg? You mean the thing that you edit web pages?" Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Classic editor. Editor means nothing. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I love it. Um, okay, so tell me a little bit then about Indo Creative, uh, what you do there, and some of the work y'all do for media and publisher companies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've been building custom WordPress sites and plugins uh, since 2010. Um, over the years, it's been just me. Uh, I've also had other developers working for me, both part and full time. Uh, currently, it's just back to me, um, and we've worked in anything from small business websites. Uh, you know, locally here in Fort Collins, Colorado, um, to uh, news and magazine publisher sites all over the world. So pretty, pretty broad mix of sites uh, that we've built and plugins we've developed. Interesting. Did you like happen into the media and publishing side? It sounds like you're doing a variety of work, Mm -hmm. but just like a niche that developed or how did you get into it? It was, yeah, it was a pretty organic process. I definitely wasn't looking to get into it. It just kind of happened. Started working with a couple of uh, WordPress plugins um, that were pretty specific to the news and magazine industry. Uh, Those would be ISSUEM and Leaky Paywall. And uh, started using those uh, to build sites out and uh, just kind of, you know, fell into it. Um, It was definitely an underserved niche. Um, and just really enjoy working with them. Um, and so it's been, you know, learning over, gosh, probably been focusing specifically on publisher sites, probably the last five years or so. So if you're a publisher out there and you're thinking about your kind of content management system of choice, what do you think of the advantages are for WordPress for those types of companies um, that are specifically seeking to optimize with paid subscriptions. Like, do you think there's an advantage in WordPress in that way? I do. Yeah. Um, so there's a few things. Number one, it's easy for your, uh, uh, authors to publish and to create content. Um, so the WordPress admin in my experience has been really easy to use, um, and really easy to customize, uh, you know, whether that's through custom fields, um, custom functionality, it's just really flexible. Um, so that's one thing uh, that I really like about WordPress is basically if a client asks if we can do something, the answer is almost always yes, uh, because we can kind of customize WordPress to do what we need it to do. Um, and one thing we've definitely found is every single publisher has a different set of requirements. As much as we try to standardize things, everyone's you know coming from a different situation, a different homegrown system. Um, and so the ability to be flexible and be able to make it do exactly what they need to do, integrate with uh, you know whatever their fulfillment center is, any API integrations. Um, there's you know kind of the open source, um, no limits flexibility is really important to the publishers that I work with. Yeah, that really rings true. It reminds me of a of a presentation I did with a very major media company who I won't name that was considering a CMS. 
And I remember they had an RFP for the CMS and they were like, you know, does WordPress do X, Y, and Z? And the agency working with them was like, yeah, it does whatever you want. Like, what do you want it to do? <laughs> and that was such a, a mind shift for that organization. And they had like one third using WordPress, one third using like a TV station oriented one, and one third using like a newspaper oriented one. And they had representatives from all the groups in this massive room. And I, I said, okay, who here knows how to use the newspaper one? And a third raise, who here knows how to use the TV one? A third raise. I said, who here knows how to use WordPress? Every single hand in the room <laughs> went up. And that really hit home with your kind of familiarity with the author's part. Uh, a lot less training that has to go into that. Um, so what do you think publishers typically do wrong in their digital subscription strategies? Like obviously with the dawn of the internet and um, people not necessarily being, you know, trained in that medium to pay for content on a regular basis. Mm -hmm. What do you think people are doing wrong in that today and their strategies and the sites they build? Yeah, for sure. Uh, so a couple things come to mind. Uh, number one, um, in order to have a successful online subscriptions, you have to have original content that isn't available somewhere else for free. Um, if you can, if someone's able to get content somewhere else for free, then they're not going to pay you for it. Um, so it's important that you have your own voice. Uh, you know, we see a lot of this with like local newspapers, you know, they have a really, um, they're in a really good position because no one else is going to be writing about the content that they're writing about. But if um, they're just like syndicating AP articles, not so much. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. You got to have that original content. Um, another thing too, is asking for the subscription. Uh, you'd be surprised how many, um, uh, media publishers don't ask for the subscription or they make it really hard to subscribe. You know, they don't highlight it in the navigation. They don't do any call outs, any calls to action, asking people to subscribe, um, or even giving the reason why some, why someone should subscribe. Why do you so think the, that is? I mean, certainly they want to drive subscriptions. Do you think they're just trying to not seem too salesy or still evolving in their digital strategies? Yeah, I think they're still learning. Um, you know, it's digital, you know, as you know, like I said, I've been doing this for 12 years. So to me, it's, it feels old, but for a lot of these people, like we still have newspapers that, um, that we've started to work with recently that this is their very first time to have a website. So across the spectrum, people are in very different places. Um, so I think it's just a lot of, uh, you know, education. Uh, so spend a lot of time trying to educate our clients as far as you know, what works in digital, you know, do you think they sure. may yeah, have over relied on advertising and like, didn't worry about the subscription part, trying to make the ad side work? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not a publisher myself, but it seems to be the case, um, where they're kind of like, uh oh, advertising revenues drying up. We need to start diversifying how we're uh, getting revenue. So, yeah, it seems like a lot of publishing businesses, particularly newspapers, it was like the subscription price was to cover the cost of printing, but the money came from the advertising. And I could see where some might be in a position now to think of that subscription side of the business as the primary driver. I'm sure newspaper or magazines, maybe mm -hmm. the subscription was a much, much healthier side of that. But it is interesting to think about. Um, businesses where, you know, you or I might, might have, oh yeah, well, of course we just do this, this, or this, but is it maybe top of mind for them? I want to dig a little deeper though, into the strategies you're using, uh, but we're going to take our first break and we'll be right back. Time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more press this in just a moment. 
Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. We're in the middle of our episode talking about paid subscription strategies for media sites with Jeremy Green. Jeremy, right before the break, you were talking a little bit about what you think publishers might be doing kind of, quote, wrong in, in driving those digital subscriptions. And you said, one, not uh, producing original content, two, not, quote, asking for the subscription, putting in those meaningful CTAs. Are there any other traps that you run across in the sites that you optimize? Yeah, I'd say another one is giving away too many articles. Um, the majority of the sites we work with use a metered paywall approach. Um, and so what we're finding works really well is to give away one free article. And then at that point, ask for uh, the email address for like a free subscription um, that gives them access to a couple more articles and then asking for the paid subscription. Um, so I think people give away too much content, um, or they ask for the sale right away when they should be just asking for the email address. So you think like there, do you feel like most of them are doing things like article limits and they just set them too high? Or do you feel like most are not even using article limit technology at all? Um, when they come, you know, when I, when I start to work with them, uh, usually they're not using any kind of, uh, paywall system, any kind of subscription software. Um, so yeah, I would say that, you know, adding it, having something <laughs> is the first step for sure. Okay. Um, and I think like I've experienced that for like a large number of sites over the last month following like the Ukraine situation. Mm -hmm. And there's more and more of it where I'm like, this is a quality news org. Maybe I should go ahead and take the leap and pay. Um, and it is interesting that kind of exchange of value, even though I'm kind of trained in a way to expect to read things for free and not subscribe. Um, so in terms of like implementing techniques that like are effective at helping people take that leap, um, you know, I guess one tip is to keep your article limits lower um, the second you mentioned was to ask for something on uh, easier to get, like an email address subscription that way. Um, what are some other techniques in your builds that you found helpful for publishers to achieve their subscription goals? Yeah, so you can, uh, I would say offering, uh, don't offer, you know, 20 different uh, subscription options. Try to pare them down as much as possible. So one, maybe two options. Um, you don't want to give people too many uh, uh, choices, because then it's hard for them to make that choice. So you want to steer them in the direction that you want them to go. Um, and then also, you know, offering a trial can be a good way to get people to sign up. Uh, but don't offer, don't, don't um, make the offer so low that it undervalues your content. So for example, if you know, I'm going to give you a dollar for three months access, then, you know, especially for digital content, it kind of puts, makes it feel like there's not a lot of value there. So I would say price your content um, at an appropriate amount so that people see the value that they're going to get. So the idea there is that you're framing the, potentially framing the content to be worth less if you come in with too low an offer for that trial period. Now you mentioned limiting the subscription options. I'm imagining myself as a editor at a newspaper or magazine, and I'm thinking like, okay, we want to make some, I don't know, new types of content. Maybe we're going to focus on the on business for a while, and it's going to maybe be a different subscription. Like, 
do you experience that tug and pull with the publishers you work with this, this notion of like, well, we're going to create this whole new area of content. And so thus we need more subscriptions. Yeah. I mean, they definitely, um, you know, like to have as many subscription options as possible sometimes. Um, but again, we've seen the best results with, you know, offering, you know, whether it's unlimited access or two tiers of access, uh, but the, the fewer options you can give someone than the, the more likely they are to convert. Yeah, it's interesting. Like I'm having like flashbacks to like the business journal. And like, I don't know that I've ever paid for a business journal subscription in my life, but in past roles, I've definitely paid for like the business journals quote book of lists. Uh -huh. And so this has me thinking of publishers, thinking of all kinds of different ways to monetize. <laughs> but you're saying in your experience, you know, giving people just a few choices, reducing that cognitive load tends to produce the best results. Mm -hmm. Yep, absolutely. So in the WordPress sense, you know, I know there's all kinds of different subscription technologies and um, plugins and approaches, but what are your go-to methods for implementing um, things like paywalls or subscription options, article limits, those types of tech, uh, experiences? Mm -hmm. Yep. So for me personally, um, I mainly use Leaky Paywall. Um, full disclosure, I'm also one of the developers on it. Um, and so, um, I, you know, enjoy working with it. Um, I've used it to build tons of client sites. So what I kind of like to say is not only do I build it, but I also dog food it in the real world. Um, but there's, you know, tons of other great options out there as well. You know, restrict content pro paid memberships pro, um, you know, even WooCommerce subscriptions can be a really good option. So there's lots of different ways to take uh, subscriptions online through WordPress. So obviously you presumably have the skills to write software, you're writing uh, custom plugins <laughs> and I guess working on Wiki Paywall, yeah. but you're still kind of thinking about it through the lens of off the shelf software. Is that primarily for the kind of workflow speed benefits of not having to write everything from scratch? Are there other benefits you see to leveraging kind of off the shelf opt options like Leaky Paywall? Yeah, I mean, they can get you, um, I would say 90% of the way there. Um, and then that's one of the beauties of WordPress um, is, you know, with whether it's through add-ons or hooks and filters, um, you can pretty much make it do anything you need it to do, connect to any, you know, if you got some CRM software somewhere, um, you know, you can hook it up to anything you need to, but having off-the-shelf plugins get you uh, really far down the road uh, really quickly and really easily. Yeah, that's a good point. You were talking earlier about that notion of kind of customization and flexibility um, in terms of the software you're creating, but also what you're integrating it with. And so obviously a lot of folks will leverage plugins to move quicker, um, but in the case of publishers, what are some of the some of the customizations and integrations that might be unique to that group? I can think of a mm -hmm. few. I'm just curious what come to your mind. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, right now, a lot of my time is spent building fulfillment center integrations. So with print, um, uh, you know, you've got people who have the magazine, but then you need someone to make sure they get shipped to the right people, make sure it's, you know, which warehouses it's stored in, um, you know, customer support, all that kind of stuff. And so we've been building a lot of uh, integrations with fulfillment centers and their APIs directly. Yeah, I could totally see that. And it makes sense. And of course, each one's going to be like almost completely different. Mm -hmm. Yep. And uh, stitching that together in a kind of more closed, uh, proprietary, sassy way might be much more difficult. 
um, and probably have to create a lot of middleware anyways, even if you did that. Um, okay, that makes sense. So kind of shifting back to, you know, this notion of free versus paid subscriptions, are there any other key strategies that stick out to you as you think about your builds? Yeah, so um, I would always recommend um, if you have the right content to offer the free level, um, just because that's a great way to grow your email list as a publisher. Because uh, a lot of times, you know, and I'm sure you've experienced as well, you're, you read an article and you're not ready to pay right away for some digital content. Um, but as you get emails over time, um, you know, as new content comes out and you go back to the site, um, eventually you're like, you know what, this is worth it. Um, I'm reading this content a lot. And so it, it's, you're a lot more apt to, to, uh, do a paid subscription. So I would definitely recommend having that free level. And as a publisher, you're able to monetize those free subscriptions too, through advertising, right? Like that's yeah, exactly. List, You're on that email list. Articles. Yeah. 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 There's so many different ways you can uh, yeah, utilize that list for sure. So, yeah, it's kind of unique because, you know, non-publisher, non-advertising based businesses, they don't get to necessarily monetize their quote free offers of content. And they're waiting for that final transaction for whatever it is. Mm -hmm. But uh, in the publishing business, it's like that quote, free subscription is actually revenue for you uh, yep. in some pretty meaningful ways, even if they never take that leap. So it sounds like there's kind of a balance there between, you know, the monetizing through advertising versus subscriptions. Is that fair? Yeah. Yeah. And I would say even too, like, even if you're like a nonprofit publication, uh, what we've seen is, you know, people asking for that free you know, email sign up in order to read the content and then offering a donation level um, for access as well. And so, uh, you know, even if you can't take, you know, quote unquote payments, having the free and then the donation level has worked really well as uh, too. Ooh, that's an interesting twist I hadn't considered. Um, awesome. Well, I have some more questions around the strategic side. I know a lot of folks out there are, you know, building and optimizing these kind of sites, but we're going to take our last break and we'll be right back time to plug into a commercial break. Stay tuned for more Press This in just a moment. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This is your host, David Vogelpohl. I'm interviewing Jeremy Green of Indo Creative about paid subscription strategies for media sites. Jeremy, right before the break, you were telling us a little bit about the kind of relationship between free and paid subscription strategies. I liked how you pointed out to, you know, drive some value there through the free side. And it was interesting to chat through some of the relationships between quote free subscriptions that you can monetize through advertising versus the kind of recurring paid subscriptions. It's really a kind of an interesting angle on that. So I'm just curious, like you're, you know, kind of developed a niche here. You're working with these publishers over time. So I'm sure you're like keeping an eye on the future and thinking of new things to test. Mm -hmm. What's next on your test list? Uh, what do you what do you want to try next with these publishers? Yeah, so we've been digging a lot into the insights data um, as far as like what what type of messaging on like the subscribe nag is converting that sort of thing. So getting into dynamic paywalls where, you know, based on uh, user activity, user history, what category they're on, showing different um, things that might be a little bit more relevant to them as far as subscribe, callouts, that sort of thing. 
Um, another thing personally I've been really interested in is the whole uh, kind of headless WordPress and where that's going and then how uh, publishers could utilize that in their subscription strategy. Um, Cause speed is a big part of, you know, conversions. And um, I think there's a, a, a good opportunity for publishers to use a headless uh, WordPress environment. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited to see where that, uh, that leads in the near future. Okay. So on the subscribe nag part, help me understand that you said you were mm -hmm. looking to make that more customized, I think is what you said, or personalized. Yeah. yeah personalized dynamic. Um, yeah. So depending on what part of the site you're on, um, or, you know, your, the user's past interaction with the site showing different messaging, um, that sort of thing. So a lot of brands, it sounds like are using more like static journeys, like I'm here and therefore my nag is X kind of thing, maybe different things on different lit newsletter lists and things like that, but not dynamic based on their behavior. Right. Yeah. Trying to make it, you know, more, um, you know, the, the kind of the buzzword is personalization, but just trying to personalize it as much to each uh, visitor as possible. Now headless is interesting, you know, obviously that has made the, the primary effect from the publishers on the rendering side which of course speed being a key benefit. Um, have you seen many publishers uh, start to explore headless or is this something you think is coming to the publishing space? Yeah, so we have recently had a couple of people, um, a couple of publishers reach out and say that they were looking into headless solutions uh, with WordPress. And so that kind of put it on my radar and got me, um, you know, kind of digging deeper into, okay, how do we, make subscriptions work uh, for you know digital digital publishers through uh, through headless wordpress um, because yeah we have started to see interest in that so for you kind of being a smaller team adopting new technologies like java decoupled javascript with wordpress is a lot easier than larger orgs do you think that the publishers that are asking about it have the talent to back up that kind of build or you know, I'm just curious if you happen to have any any insights into that, because it's that's one of the I think the most interesting parts of headless is like your team has to change in some way. Either they need mm -hmm. to learn new stuff or it's a new team. Yep. I'm just curious if, if that's come up much. Yeah, I mean, so a lot of publishers we work with have, you know, in-house dev teams and stuff like that. Um, and so they definitely have, you know, people are, you know, as far as developers go, they're excited about, you know, what's new, being able to do cool new things. And then also as a publisher, like the whole APIs that comes with um, doing the headless WordPress allows you to, you know, send your data, you know, to web, a web, mobile web app, um, you know, any kind of print fulfillment thing that you might need. So it, it opens a lot of doors for publishers as well. Um, so I'd say, you know, the publishers themselves, usually have that dev team who are excited about, you know, trying what the latest and greatest web technologies. And with relatively static sites, they're like prime candidates for uh, at least a relatively simple <laughs> decoupled headless WordPress build. Yeah, exactly. I love it. I love it. Well, Jeremy, this was super interesting. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. If you'd like to learn more about what Jeremy's up to, you can visit indocreative.com. Thanks everyone for listening to Press This, the WordPress community podcast on WMR. This has been your host, David Vogelpohl. I support the WordPress community through my role at WP Engine.
And I love to bring the best of the community to you here every week on Press This. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you. With professional-grade industrial supplies, count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.